there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Phil Pritting here for Integrative Wellness Radio. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking about the pelvis and hips and the connection to low back pain and why it is important to keep it healthy. So to begin this podcast, I'd like to open up with some statistics of where we are as Americans. in connection to low back pain. So this is according to the CDC. Um, about 80% of adults experience low back pain at some point in time in their lifetime. It is the most common cause of job-related disabilities and a leading contributor to a missed work days. Often the back pain is contributed to sprains and strains. This accounts for most uh, acute back pain, so back pain that happens um, suddenly. Sprains are caused by overstretching or tearing of the ligaments, which are help uh, hold our discs and the bones together. Uh, also, there are tears in the tendons and the muscles as well. Uh, both can occur often from twisting or lifting something improperly. So, or lifting something too heavy, or overstretching, so lengthening the muscle too much or lengthening the spine too much and not being able to support it properly. Um, These improper movements can create spasms in the back muscles which can lead to pain and from there our body starts to adapt and protect the body and thus we start moving improperly each day, each hour, which can continue to create more damage in the body. Often uh, people experience uh, intervertebral degeneration. So this is uh, usually caused due to uh, improper loading. So tension, gravity being loaded uh, into the joints rather than in through the muscle chains. And it can cause uh, deterioration in the bone and into the discs that are designed to be Uh, almost like shock absorbing or help disperse the stress throughout the body. And when those uh, become compromised, it can uh, reduce the ability of our spine to hold itself up properly and move correctly. And uh, sometimes when there's enough um, stress and tension into the discs, it can cause herniations or ruptures, which can then put pressure on the nerve roots, the nerves that come out of the spine, and then go into controlling muscles. Um, those can be compromised and create radiating pain, most common sciatic pain. And so, because of this back pain, there is an estimated 100 billion dollars annually due to lost wages and lost productivity in the United States. This creates 
considerable amount of drag on companies and the U.S. economy as a whole, and that is from the Journal of the American Osteopathic Association. So you can see that this is much greater than just having pain. It can be a detriment to society. When people are debilitated by, by back pain, they aren't unable to work um, as much, and from that, businesses can lose income, and also um, their workers can um, lose or lessen the amount of income they're, they're uh, bringing in, and also their quality of life at work or at home is diminished. Um, significantly. Here's another statistic. In 2013, earning losses were 164 billion. Um, this is uh, due to actually due to arthritis. So this is from the Arthritis Foundation. So they are saying that an annual number of total hip replacements among inpatients aged 45 and over more than doubled between 2000 and 2010. That's 138,700 in 2000 to 310,800 in 2010. So that is a significant increase um, over that 10 year period. That is a, they're saying that's about a 25.3% increase from, the, from 2000 to 2010. So hip and knee osteoarthritis, so arthritis into the joints, is a substantial cause of disability worldwide. Symptomatic hip arthritis, um, conditions that lead to osteoarthritis, must be addressed to reduce the quality of life lost, costs of debility, disability, and functional limitations and their corresponding economic impact. So they're saying that the... Uh, Across all patients, primary hip replacement is projected to grow by 75% between 2010 and 2020. So 75% increase, they're, they're projecting uh, hip replacements to be happening. So we're, we're seeing that there is a, an epidemic going on, and I believe that it is due to our sedentary lifestyle. We are sitting more than ever. Um, our jobs require us often to commute by car, uh, so we are sitting in a car, driving many hours to and from work. When we get to work, often we are desk-bound or placed in a desk. Um, from there, we often get back into our car and then back home where we may sit on the couch or, or, um, or in our favorite recliner, and thus we are spending a substantial amount of time sitting and often we are never shown how to sit properly or correctly or supported and so we do find that a lot of uh, objects cell phones computers um, the steering wheel in the car bring ourselves out in front of us bring our arms out in front of us which creates a rounding in our in our spine it creates uh, restrictions and fixations into our pelvis and so when that area isn't moving properly that's where the degeneration the arthritis can build into those joints because they are not moving as efficiently or as often as they need to so I'd like to um, share some information by Dr. Mercola 
he was uh, elaborating more on about this sedentary lifestyle. So on average, the U.S. adult spends 9 to 10 hours sitting each day with so much inactivity that even a 30 to 60 minute workout can't counteract its effects. This is why efforts to increase exercise on a large scale, while important, are likely not the best way to tackle the epidemic of too much sitting. Sedentary behavior is the fourth leading cause of premature death worldwide. Prolonged sedentary time, generally defined as sitting for eight hours or more each day, was associated with a number of health risks. Cardiovascular disease mortality, cancer mortality, cancer incidence, type 2 diabetes incidence, just to name a few. And then also our arthritis and our back pains. So from here, I'd like to share a little bit about the anatomy of the pelvis and uh, lumbar spine. So the pelvis is comprised of two bones on the outsides of our hips or that include the hips. It's just where the ball and socket for our femur, our leg bone connects into the hips. From there, those two bones create a joint between the sacrum. The sacrum is the base of our spine. It's a triangular shaped bone, the base at the top, and that's where our sacroiliac joint is. That's off, that is where the sciatic nerve runs down. And the sacrum thus articulates or connects with the low back. So the lower part of our spine. So when the SI joints, the sacroiliac joints, don't move properly, it can create tight muscles into that area, into the glute muscles, into the deep muscles, that run along the, the sciatic nerve and the lumbar nerve roots. When this can get, when these areas can get compromised enough or the, those areas are not moving and the muscles become tight and spastic, it can often create pressures on those nerves and create these radiating pains, which will alter our mechanics, alter our gait, alter how we move and thus create more aberrant or abnormal patterns down the road throughout the spine. So I'd like to share a little bit of information by Dr. Stuart McGill, who's a world-renowned back specialist. He explains that if an individual continues to bend painful discs or move improperly by continuing to flex, so bend at the spine, stretching their back, they'll most likely experience worse symptoms or aggravate the situation. The same mechanism is exacerbated by extended periods of sitting. So he explains that asymmetries, so when we do experience the abnormal patterns of movement, the asymmetries of both strength and movement, particularly in the hips, have been shown to be associated with and predictive of back disorders, imbalance of the torso muscles, so lack of the core torso muscles, has also been shown to be predictive of future back disorders. So correction of these asymmetries with corrective and therapeutic exercises should be a first stage of any rehabilitation program. 
So when we have improper muscle function to support our spine, this, there are surrounding muscles, the muscles that aren't designed have to take over and often those muscles become overactive and can cause pain down the road. So I'd like to share a little bit of history of movement in our human culture that really focuses on the health of the pelvis and the hips. So we can go into Tai Chi, um, that beautiful energetic movement of the body where we're often moving at the pelvis in, in circular motions and from there we our shoulders follow. They're very uh, focused on grounding and rooting our sacrum down to the ground, connecting our feet into the ground. Qigong the same way. I was looking at you know hula dancing and hula hooping, that circular motion in the pelvis, keeping that healthy. Salsa dancing or African tribal dancing, often focusing on health of the pelvis and the hips. Um, yoga, various types of yoga, the, the vinyasa with the downward dogs and the lunges, opening up and strengthening the hips, keeping mobility there, very important. Kundalini yoga, um, this, they're very focused on the health of the sacrum. It's often um, described that there's a, the symbol of the serpent or a coiled serpent is at the tail or at the base of the, of the sacrum or the sacred bone, they call it, at the base of the spine. It means coiled serpent. It uses a variety of kriyas, which are specific pelvic and sacral movements, often rocking and rotating, along with deep and repetitive breaths to move energy from the sacrum up the spine to the deep brain centers. We find that well-trained athletes, well-high-performing athletes, have very, very strong hips, glutes, and low back. I teach a movement modality called foundation training, and foundation training really focuses on anchoring the pelvis, using inner thigh mus muscles, using hamstrings, hip hinging, learning how to pull and load tension into the hips. And then from there, we can rotate, keeping our, our lumbar spine long and tall and supported, not flexing from that area, which is often why we can injure our, our low back is that our pelvis doesn't move do the movement the, the, the low back is trying to do the movement that the pelvis is designed to do. And often when our pelvis doesn't move correctly or it's stuck or fixated, the low back will start to flex and rotate and there's where injuries happen. Uh, yeah, we learn how to load this in everyday life. We learn how to support ourselves while we're sitting. Uh, exercise or a, a, a posture or... or a cueing that I like to think of when we're sitting in a chair is that we I scoot my myself towards the middle to the edge of the chair so that the feet are able to be flat on the ground. From there, I pull the feet towards each other, the big toes and the heels. I pull the inner thighs towards each other. From there, you can lift the toes up towards the knees so that the toes are lifted away from the floor and then the heels are touching. You pull gently down into the floor to activate those gluteal muscles, the muscles that are at the base of the, of the 
spine and into the pelvis and you can activate those muscles to create a cushion to create the seat rather than passively allowing our legs to fly fall outwards putting tension on the outsides of our legs which will create more of a slouching more of a compression in that lower part of the spine and if we're doing that you know eight hours a day you can see that over time there's going to be degeneration because the muscles the the that are designed to hold us up aren't being activated. They are not being um, utilized the way they're designed to. So a simple practice of not using the backrest, not allowing the knees to spread away from each other, zipping the knees towards each other, keeping the feet on, on the ground, pulling those heels down into the ground, and then from there, lifting the chest trying to breathe our torso up in a way so that we can activate those those abdominal muscles that create a nice brace so practicing that on a daily basis or becoming mindful of just okay how am i sitting putting awareness there will start to help remedy you know the or create a prevention pattern uh, proper healthy patterns that can uh lead to more health rather than than uh, dysfunction and pain. I would like to get into the energetic component of the sacrum and the pelvis. So in the chakra realm, the energetic realm, the root chakra, which is our safety and security center where our basic needs are met, where the solid foundation for the other chakras uh, is located. This is at the base of the spine at the tailbone. And the tailbone um, is one of those areas that is very important to our, our cranial sacral system, our connective tissue system. And when we are compressing that area, uh, we can often lessen this energetic area um, so if we are feeling maybe unsafe and secure or, or there's fear that, you know, survival instincts are, are, are lessening, um, that could be a re, uh, a big reason that these act, this center is not being activated. We are creating compression here. The energy is becoming stagnant. So the root chakra, and often it's connected to the color reds. Um, so, uh, you, you know, being mindful of, uh, root vegetables as well that agree with you. So just tapping into anything that's rooting in your life can help open up this center. And often when I find that I am working it with my pelvis and the sacrum and keeping that area healthy, um, my safety and security and basic needs, uh, energetic component of myself becomes uh, up-leveled and more vibrant. The sacral chakra is involved with our sexuality, our sensuality, our joy, our creativity. Often when this is out of balance, guilt and rigidity um, can manifest. When we are out of sync with this energy, we can experience issues of addiction, violence, and insatiable emotional needs. So we're just out of balance in our in our uh, creative center and so this is another reason to keep 
this area as healthy as possible is that it can, it can relate to our emotional and energetic part of ourselves. Um, the nervous system. So the nerves that come out of the sacrum connect into our reproductive organs. For the male, it also is for the prostate. Uh, the uterus, the ovaries, the back of the thighs, the bottom of the feet. So all the nerves that come out of this area control that lower half, that the, the legs and the thighs and the reproductive organs. So if you think, you know, if, if there's issues in that area in your life, maybe check and see, am I working to keep this area healthy? You know, am I finding avenues to work to, to create mobility and health and wellness into this specific area? So you can see that it's more than just back pain. Back pain is intimately related to this, and often that is when things have been going awry for a long time, or your movement patterns have been out of whack for a while, or our energetic centers can uh, let us know that things are out of balance as well. So as healing modalities go, my, personally, uh, for chiropractic care, uh, we work really, we focus a lot on keeping this area healthy on everybody that we, that I see at least. Um, getting the pelvis moving, getting checked one, so having a proper exam to see if the pelvis and the hips are not aligned, not moving properly, if there's any degeneration going on. Um, if there are tight muscles, if there's weakness where there should be strength. So these are all things that I check as a practitioner because this is a very, very important area to get worked on and it's often not worked on enough. So making sure that the, the joints in the pelvis and the hips are moving properly, myofascial work, so to maybe break any adhesions up or spastic muscles in the area, and then also retraining the body to move properly, moving into healthy movement patterns. And I, with everybody, I start with the pelvis and work on hip hinging and squatting. Um, we often find like in indigenous cultures when they, you know, eating or conversating, they're squatting. So we don't do that enough, getting into those primal movement patterns. And you find that, wow, when we just tap into that on a daily basis, it's amazing how, how good we can feel. Also using cranial sacral therapy. So cranial sacral therapy is using the protective connective tissue system that lines our skull, our brain, our spinal cord, all the way down to the sacrum and into the tailbone. And so working with gentle motions um, to release any adhesions in that system can help unwind um, that energetic center, the, the cerebrospinal fluid, so the, the fluid that lubricates and nourishes our, our nervous system, our brain and spinal cord. There's a pump in the center of the, of the brain and also in the sacrum. So getting that pump flowing back and forth is, can be very, very helpful to uh, getting the pelvis and the sacrum and the lumbar spine moving and working the best it can. And then when you're at work, if you do have a sedentary lifestyle, taking breaks as often as you can 
and learning proper movement to uh, to break up the, the sedentary work schedule. Um, so those are things that I, I teach in the office, uh, doing classes or privates. Um, it's one of those where, as I learned it, protecting myself not, not only through with the sedentary lifestyle, but also if you are if you do have a physical demanding job, physically demanding job, and you are moving your body, how how mindful and how well can you move that body throughout the day and often when we tap into the hips and the pelvis first when that when we can focus that as our center of movement uh, we can feel more energized and more built up throughout the day rather than broken down and in pain often if we do have a, a standing desk or we're standing in general for washing the dishes or brushing the teeth standing with our feet wide getting a wider stance creates a, a wider base it helps our feet pull into the ground it also gets the inner thigh muscles more activated and that connects directly into the pelvis and that helps decompress the pelvis from the lumbar spine it keeps health into the hips as well the hip joints so we're opening that space up but then we're also holding it into where the joint where the ball and socket where that joint needs to be and from there when we move with that healthy space and order then uh, we can feel a great relief after the day and um, continue it throughout life so so this epidemic that we we are experiencing in this in this modern modern day with more hip replacements uh, more surgery more arthritis more back pain than ever. I think it's time to really find the tools and apply the tools to keep um, the pelvis and the sacrum healthy because these this is the part of the body that is getting compressed and compromised the most with our with our sedentary lifestyle and creating healthy patterns and healthy routines to uh, to maintain uh, the highest quality of health as possible. And we don't need to live in pain. It's one of those where um, I think just because it's normal or it's common in society doesn't necessarily mean it's correct. And uh, the convenience of technology has placed us in very compromised positions and we have the tools to pull us out of that on a daily basis. So if this so if you're resonating with this information and looking to take the next step, please take advantage of our complimentary 15-minute strategy calls. You can access the link on our site. We thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.